Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance. Hello, everybody. Today, let's talk about going to the doctor. Ugh. So, get ready. This could turn into a bit of a rant. And when I say a bit of a rant, I mean it's gonna sound like all rant all the time right here on the old Smarty Pants Lads. If I'm that upset about it, you're gonna say, maybe you should go see a doctor about it. When I say doctor, I'm including dentist and chiropractors. They're not called chiropractors because their practice originated in Cairo, Egypt. When Moses falls in Egypt land, let my back pain go. Tell me, Professor Dictionary, what is the literal meaning of chiropractor. Yes, well, I'm so glad you are. So many people don't live in the library during study hall to understand the origin of words. We must know the origin of the words so we can use them properly. Cairo in Greek means hand. Practa means done by. So in other words, chiropractor literally means done by hand. Are you talking about a hand job here? That's nasty. No, when it comes to doctors of chiropractic, we're referring to modalities of treatment, which includes taking their hands and giving you an adjustment, or as I like to call them, the crack team. Get it? Get it? Because they, you know, crack your spine. But don't you worry about a thing. Everything will be back to normal after 70 to 500 visits. Ever notice? That sounds like annuity. Hi, ever notice? Ever notice that chiropractors and veterinarians and psychologists go by their first name? For example, the vet is Dr. Bob, the chiropractor is Dr. Steve, and the psychologist is Dr. Phil. But if it says MD after their name, then you go by their last name. Most of the doctors I see these days, their last name and their first names are unpronounceable. Hello, I am Dr. Unpronounceable Last Name. I first started to learn something about doctors from watching westerns on TV. The entire course of emergency medicine was, if a limb is broken, you gotta set it or cut it off, and you gotta get the bullet out. Never mind how much damage is inside the body, never mind anything else, if you get the lead out, they'll recover. Because after all, if you're one of the stars of the show, it's just a flesh wound and you'll recover. Isn't the human heart flesh? Shut up! The other thing I learned from TV Westerns is that every doctor in every Western town was referred to as Ol' Doc something or other, and the last name, of course. No one said, well, we better take you down to see Old Doc Darvinder. No, no, it was always, you know, Old Doc Barrage. What if doctors in the Old West required medical insurance before they'd see you? They need to know what group you're with and you have proof of insurance. So there's a gunfight. Lucas McCain is lying on his back after fending off the gunfighters and they quick call Old Doc Adams and is old doc gonna show up there on the dirt street if it were 2021 no you have to call the office you probably go to a answering service that's in mumbai who barely speak the english and then they might put you through to the office where you have some kind of staffer who also barely speaks english who wants you to make an appointment in three to six months while he's in the middle of bleeding to death from the flesh wound <laughs> what if old doc did show up and the first thing he says to old bleeding Lucas McCain is, well, what is your health insurance? Do you have your card with you? Do you have a second person that might be responsible? 
And you got to fill out all these forms. Yeah, that's right. We've all been treated to the joy of filling out all these forms on the clipboard when you're a new patient. And what do these forms ask? Some doctor's forms literally ask questions like this, and I'm not making this up. I've seen the form. How many times a week do you visit a county jail or state prison? Same form. Do you live with a drug addict? Same form again. How often do you associate with the homeless? Well, I'd ask if they are now or have ever been a Methodist. And they have you circle things about any symptoms you've ever had. One of the 500 standard questions is, have you ever experienced a cough? Yes, it's an experience. Oh my God, the experience of a cough. You really don't need to have that. Have you ever experienced a cough? Um, you mean like a cough or a cough cough? Or like one that is um productive or maybe reproductive. Zing! Have I experienced a cough? I'm a grown-ass man. I don't know how many times I've had sneezes and sniffles and coughs throughout my lifetime. And then they say, if you circle yes, explain. And they give you a line that's about one-sixteenth of an inch long to explain it. What am I supposed to say? I think that when I was an infant, I might have had the croup, but I can't really remember back then. And then there was the time when, I mean, really, no matter what you circle or describe, they don't freaking read it. So what's the point? They also ask, why are you seeing the doctor today? You write that out in a nice, concise description. And then when the doctor eventually comes to see you, they ask, what brings you here today? Why don't you freaking read your own forms? Why do I have to spend my time filling out a form that no one ever reads? I actually typed out my own history and I did it with date and summary of condition and medical tests. And then I attached complete supporting documents to it. I hand it to the doctor and do they read it then? No. They go back to, all right, so why are you here? I was at a doctor where I described my condition to his third-year medical student, and he took all these notes on his iPad. Then the doctor came in. Then I had to retell it all to him. And then he says, okay, well, we're going to run a test. Two weeks later, this doctor calls me and says, you have an infection. And I say to him, I know I have an infection. That's why I came to you in the first place. It was on my form. It was on my summary. I gave supporting lab tests with it. And now you're calling to tell me why I came to you in the first place? Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. Your mites and aches and pains and other health issues, they don't really care about. You know what they care about is who's paying for this, who's responsible for paying for this, and how do we get paid, and when do we get paid? Okay, they're professionals, so they should get paid, but really, that's where the emphasis is. In some hospitals, the emphasis is on your gender identity. Recently, I was in a hospital, and the thing that concerned them the most throughout the several-day visit was my gender identity. And I kept telling them on my list of 10,526 things that I actually give a crap about, my gender identity isn't one of them. So you go to the doctor's office. You got to park somewhere. They may charge you for parking to see your doctor. In LA, sometimes the parking is $20, $25. And there's a sign when you walk into the doctor's office that says, we don't validate parking. Thanks loads. Your appointment never happens anywhere close to on time, but they insist 
that you'll be there 15 minutes early. Okay, fine. I show up 15 minutes early, but it only takes them an hour and a half to get around to bringing me in from the overcrowded, overflowing waiting room with one gross body after another. And all I can do is go, I don't know what they have, but I don't want it. Even in this day and time, there are people that don't get the concept of cover your mouth when you freaking sneeze or cough. So I go outside and, you know, I wait. Now, an hour and a half goes by and they lead you into the examining room where you are by yourself for quite a while. In fact, there are times you're in that room for so long you can feel your beard growing. Then, does the doctor come in? No, it's the medical assistant who doesn't care, who's all pressed for time, like it's somehow my fault, and they're going to stay 18 feet away from you, and they're going to have an iPad, and all they're going to do is look at their iPad and go, uh-huh, and ask you a bunch of questions, which were already covered in the form you filled out in what seems like years ago already. Then... Wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles. The doctor finally comes in to see you. Does the doctor read what was put in? No. They come rushing in, also staying 18 feet away and looking at their iPads as if you didn't just give all that information to their medical assistant. And then they go, so what brought you here? And they're in a rush to get the hell out of the room. They don't want to do an examination. They don't want to listen. You know what they want to do mostly is send you out for tests and say, we'll call you. When it comes to blood tests, do you guys know that these blood tests have a range to them? Hopefully, your blood tests, and I'm doing an air quote here, are normal. What does that mean? That means they fit within the average of a large group of people that are theoretically healthy. But does that mean that that number is really healthy for you? See, doctors don't give a crap about actual health and making or keeping you healthy. They care about looking, 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 looking for disease. And if they can't find something that to them indicates disease, they're bored and they can't reach in and take money out of your wallet. So get the hell out of my office. Just when you think I'm painting with a broad brush, and I am, some doctors are absolutely wonderful and they deserve their due and their dooby-doo. I had a friend who's a wonderful doctor, professor of medicine, really helped a lot of people, and he used to say, Lance, don't go to hospital. Hospital full of opportunistic bacteria or kind of trauma, medical malpractice, misprescription. Stay away from hospital. Only time go is trauma, gunshot wound, stab wound, car accident, broken bone. That, my friend, is sage advice. But then, do I even trust the medical community to start with? Heck no. Let's talk about these great geniuses of trying to supposedly look out for your health. The vicars of vaccination. The ones that are there that know better than you do about you. Even though, of course, they've never read the form and don't know you and can't remember you two seconds later. Exhibit A. In 1968, the American Heart Association came out and said, Ah, 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 tis, 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 no more eggs. No, 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 no more than like three eggs a week at the most because it can cause dun, 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 heart disease, heart disease in you. And their dietary recommendation was no more than 300 milligrams of cholesterol a week. <laughs> like anyone has a scale at home to measure that. 
1968, so eggs were bad, 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 bad. Of course, these geniuses were operating on a model that was completely flawed, and yet they were telling you with great authority, and the news media picks it up, cholesterol, bad, 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 because you eat cholesterol, it clogs up your arteries, next thing you know, you got a coronary, and they're calling Gage and DeSoto from the TV show Emergency. They were paramedics. Of course, today, that theory of cholesterol causing heart disease is entirely and thoroughly 100% discredited because there is no link between the cholesterol you eat and heart disease. <laughs> and yet, now they're saying, believe us this time. They flip-flopped all over the place about drinking wine, about alcohol in general, about caffeine, about coffee. Do your own research. That's why we have the, uh, the Google. And you know, doctors hate it when you Google stuff. And they hate it when you actually are taking responsibility for your own health and you come in there maybe with a printout of a peer-reviewed published article about something that's actually in their area of specialty that they don't know about. And then they got to pretend like they know all about it, as if they're the ones that conducted the study and wrote up the reports when they don't have a clue. And I usually wait and I trap them. And I wait until they take a position and they say, blah, 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 blah. And I go, oh, yeah, but what about this peer-reviewed published study that's from this year, which completely contradicts what you told me? <laughs> Does that make me a better person? I've had doctors say, you think filling out forms here is bad? You should see all the forms we have to fill out. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Is it making you upset that you two have to fill out forms? Maybe you should lie down on the examining table and let's talk all about it for 50 minutes, but I'll bill you for an hour and continually ask you, how do you feel about that? Ronnie, how do you feel about that? Well, in my many years, I found that so many things could be cured with a little, uh, how do I put this? Horizontal refreshment, if you know what I mean, uh, or those Monty Python boys would say, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. And I have no more to say today other than stay strong, stay vital, stay healthy, and rock on.